Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the Board Sports, unique sports coverage. Hey, one play at a time, huh? Play for each other. Love y'all. Hey, enjoy it today. Control the emotion. It's going to be live. But we're going to make it even live. Here we go. Win on three. One, two, three. Baby, need some shoes. Game now. Game. We got one goal that's going to win. You shoot. I shoot with you. Here we go. Win on three. One, two, three. Welcome in uh, to episode one of season two of Across the Bills. Fortunately, technology, you know how technology is. It does not like to work all the time the way that you think it's going to work. But thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for watching. Uh, Across the Bills is a show that we talk about all Buffalo Bills sports, uh, news, notes, opinions, so on and so forth. Uh, as you can see by the screen, I'm Patrick Gancheski, along with Stephanie Wilson. Uh, you, our Twitter tags are at the bottom, so you can check us out. Follow us uh, for all fun things on Twitter. Um, Steph, how are you doing? Good. Uh, staying safe and um, looking forward to uh, week one. Uh you are all right. So, bottom, so you can check um, out. I know that um, just to catch up, uh, it's been Twitter, a um, while since we have done a show, uh, because of course the off season and everything. What what has your uh, thoughts have been on kind of the what's happened leading with OTAs and training camp and the preseason? Like, what have your what have kind of been your opinions and thoughts so far? Um, our roster is completely, it's fully stacked, um, it's loaded, um, uh, there's a lot of continuity from last season, um, but we obviously have new additions, um, with that, um, and yeah, it's going to be an exciting season. Uh, there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding this team. And also one big thing we should know is that Josh Allen finally got paid. Yeah. With yes, six year extension. Yeah. So that is just, and just to, it's, it's kind of an emotional thing for Bill's fans because you know, we've been on that QB carousel for so long and now we're finally off it and we have, have our guy. And this is like something that we've wanted for a, a while now. 
is our man. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a really, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. The, the Josh Allen extension was huge. That was one of the things that, um, a lot of fans were concerned about and whether it was going to happen or not. And once that, once that happened, it was, it was huge because it, it locked in Josh Allen for, for the next six seasons. And it basically was like, okay, this is, this is our, this is our franchise quarterback. And also it was, it very incentive laden because Josh Allen was trying to um, give the bills a little bit of the break money wise to help them in the long run. Um, And comparing it to when Pat Mahomes inked his $450 million deal, it's very, it's not introducing the the money back comparison. the introducing the, the money's line not comparison. Plastic free. The money is in comparison to it, but the fact that it's very similar. It may not be as long or money wise, but you got to remember, Mahomes did, had a ten-year contract where jo- Josh Allen did six. So Josh Allen was thinking more along the lines of, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the low the lower tier contract." And do the six years. And then this way, six years from now, when it's 2026 and they're looking at contract extension, he might be able to sign another six-year deal and finish out his career, finish out his career in Buffalo, but and get a little bit more of a payday because who knows? The, he's had he's had a couple MVP seasons, led the Bills to a Super Bowl or two. You don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But it's the thing. But it's the thing of now. Josh Allen and the Bills are locked in a contract. He's not going anywhere. Um, now, on the flip side of that is the breakdown of this roster. Um, of course, we all we all know Sean McDermott, Brett, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, Brandon Bean came here. Lit, went through went through hell with the salary cap. Now they have the roster where it it's not very much different than last year outside of a handful of guys. Um, you basically you're basically flipping uh, Manuel Sanders for John Brown, and you're adding you're basically uh, flipping Matt Breida for. Um, the running back from Jacksonville um, that we had. I can't remember his name now. But um, it's it, it ba- basically on the offense, it's a, like a flip of like two posi- two player Yeldon. positions. Sorry. Yeah. TJ Yeldon. TJ Sorry, Yeldon. that was bothered. There, there you <laughs> go. Uh, yeah, it was basically like John Brown, TJ Yeldon. Now you have Emmanuel Sanders, Matt Breida. And on the offense, it's the same. It's the same group that it was last year. And then on defense, it's pretty much the same group as it was last year. Just adding it, you adding in the rookies, Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. And then, of course, you get the returning. You get the returning star Latoule. Um, and then you have you have Dan, you've. Dan, 
you have a couple more rookies that made that made the squad, Damar Hamlin, so on and so forth, which will probably be special teams role because special teams guys because we all know po- Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde have that that safety position locked up. There, no one's going anywhere. It's but the thing is, is the roster is very broken down like last year, but you still have a couple of battles a couple of more battles because you now have a defensive line that has a lot more weapons to it. Um, Star, Star being the top, being the top one returning. I think Star returning is going to benefit Ed Oliver and it's going to benefit Tremaine Edmonds as well as Matt Milano because the way the bills run defense and they they run they run a two four five defense where it's Milano and Edmonds is the main linebackers out there, and then of course you have the rotation with the defensive line: Jerry Hughes, uh, Mario Addison, AJ Epinesa, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, uh, Harrison Phillips. Once he returns from injury, same thing with Justin Zimmer. It, it's gonna be a it's a very strong roster. And the way they've built it is very strong. Yeah. One thing to note, and Brandon Bean had brought this up, is that they made the decision to keep 11 defensive linemen um, on their roster. And it's just fully stacked. And I'm really looking forward to Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham and what they can provide the table the rookie year um during the preseason games um i understand that Rousseau had two sacks and then basham had one sack two tackles for loss so yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting yeah and what's funny is everybody's talking about like the how the roster is going to perform and they're making the predictions and everything. And then of course, with the defensive line and um, both Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott addressed it, addressed those two, uh, those two questions uh, this past week. So we're going to take, we're going to take a look at their answers for that. And uh, regarding the presentation or predictions of how the team's going to perform. And then of course the defensive line. You know, um, it's a hard question to answer. I mean, we, we put a lot of – nobody on the outside is going to put more pressure and, on ourselves than um, we do. And one we other thing out of ourselves. I forgot. Sometimes that's not talent wins and losses. That uh, we did get a sometimes you can be a better team. But the way trade, you dealt the, with injuries in the season, Carolina uh, a tough run of the schedule, oh, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Uh, I mean, everybody's prognosticating yeah. – how good so teams are going to be, but sort of thing. it's and great then, that we had those um, options, Maddie. Um, of, uh, now they got to play, and uh, you know, it's time to numbers. buckle down and, and um, produce. Can't keep everyone. That's what I'm looking for from. That's what we have to have from the, from that unit. No, um, they um, did, we got to have they, it as an overall uh, team for sure. But they're going to be a big factor the, in that. And cut. You got the interview. Uh, you got the questions from Bean and McDermott there. Um, <laughs> yeah, the with the. It wasn't so much that uh, Daryl Johnson played bad. He made he had a very good preseason. Just he was kind of the odd man out. Uh, he was the odd, he was the odd man out, and 
unfortunate it's an unfortunate situation uh but they did they did they did get some value they got a six round pick I was very surprised with Jacob Hollister though but I understood it because of the way the way the uh the way the roster broke down um though Hollister did Hollister did get signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars so he at least is still playing um it's just the way that the way the Bills roster broke down kind of was like okay we we were we're carrying we're carrying extra extra people at at in this position group but we're not going to be able to carry extra people here like if you really look at it if you look at the depth chart you have you you have two quarterbacks in Josh Allen Mitchell Trubisky you have four running backs in Singletary Moss Brita and Taiwan Jones but Taiwan Jones is looked more as a special teams player so and that and then of course you have Reggie Gilliam who's the full who's a fullback tight end uh hybrid you had you they went with six wide receivers uh Emmanuel Sanders Gabriel Davis Cole Beasley Isaiah McKenzie Stefan Diggs Jake Kumaro you're they have 10 offensive linemen two tight ends which of course Gilliam Gilliam can play that third tight that third tight end spot, but then on the defense, you're you're looking at 11, 11 total players for the defensive line, and that's and that's unfortunate. And of course, you've eleven players on the defensive line. You have six total. You have six total linebackers, and then. Uh, looks like you have two, four, five, seven, eight, nine, nine, nine defensive backs. So it was a, a position. Somebody was going to, somebody was not going to make this team, even though, even though they had a very, they had a very good, very good chance to make the team. It was just a way chance to make the team. It was just the way that the team ended up playing out and, Unfortunately, I think one of one of the things is come next year you're going to have less depe- depending on the development of Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, you're you're possibly losing spots there. So you it's going to be interesting to see who fills those spots because there if Rousseau actually pans out like he pans out like he's looked like he has in the preseason as well as AJ Vanessa, there's a very good chance that you could possibly be seeing the last year in Buffalo for uh, Mario Addison and as well as Jerry Hughes. It's just, it's just a matter of how it's going to play out. Um, But of course, you're looking at we. You're looking. You're looking forward to the season that they with the NFL going to a 17 game season. Now you're you're playing longer. And granted, um, uh, the press conference earlier this uh, earlier this week, I, or it might might have been today actually. Uh, Brandon Bean said essentially you're you got like a preseason bye week this week with with the with yesterday being 
Sunday, generally the season starts that first Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, but now it's starting the second Sunday of the year. And then you, you got the 17 games and you have a tough test to start in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's um, with, with the, with the season being 17 weeks, how, how do you think that the team is going to perform this uh, with it being 17 games instead of 16? Um, so I just wanted to bring up something that my brother sent me. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but ESPN has a football power index. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And they simulated the entire 285 game. Oh, wow. And they they use some kind of algorithm. I don't know the metrics behind it, but yeah. uh, they did like, they slated it 20,000 times to create the projections. And they had, they predicted us winning the Super Bowl, um, just becoming serious contenders. Uh, we finished 13 and four, which again, for me is just a very odd number. It's weird. Something. It's weird. It's, but it's kind of weird, yeah. And um, Josh Allen will beat out Mahomes for the league's MVP award. Um, so, yeah, I found that very interesting. Um, but I just hope that prediction won't jinx us because it's been burned before. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I'm still trying to get used to the 17-game schedule. Um, Another just weird thing I wanted to bring up is the fact that last year we had no um, preseason games, um, but obviously this year we did. So this, now that I've had our preseason games, I'm, I feel more confident going into this season than last season. I felt kind of unsure of how things were going because we were only getting snippets from OTAs and like training camp and all that. So yeah. it was, this is more eye opening and there's a lot more visibility to where this team is at. Um, but yeah, the, the 13 and four prediction is is something yeah um so one of the so one of the one of the other sports sites they used uh madden 22 to oh. pre- predict because why not um and they just predicted and they had the the bills won the afc east and went 13 is 13 and four as well and i'm just like 13 and four that sounds so weird I know. I I just can't get over it. All right. So um of course we have we have 17 games uh this season. So uh of course we're playing of course the first game is against the Steelers. Then then you have they have the Dolphins, uh the Washington football team, Houston, Kansas City's week 5 which it and Tennessee Tennessee is week 6. Now, last year, we played Kansas City and Tennessee back-to-back and was not a good time. 
<laughs> I'd like different results this season, potentially. Uh, then, of course, going into the bye week. Uh, then you're they they back with Miami, then Jacksonville, the Jets, uh, playoff rematch with the Colts, the Saints, the Patriots, uh, Tom Brady in December, and the Buccaneers, um, Carolina, New England, Atlanta, and then the finishing with the Jets on Week 18. So, like, they have a it's it's a schedule that they can easily easily run if they played last year and Josh Allen makes any kind of bounds and uh, uh, or any kind of more steps that he made last year and he improves on that, that that 13 and four, hell, maybe even 14 and three is not with not out of the realm. Um, I will say this. I, I don't think New England is going to be the pushover that everybody thinks New England expected New England to be. Um, I think with the returning with the returning players on defense and Mac Jones just being seeming like he's got that that under control. New England, New England might be New England might be a little bit of a harder matchup than than expected. Um, I don't. It, it, as far as the Dolphins, it's going to be interesting because it's still Tua. It, it's still Tua is still under center. Granted, they went out and got him a bunch more weapons. Uh, Will Fuller, Jaden Waddle. He he's. He's got weapons around him now, so it's going to be interesting. And the Jets, the Jets are kind of a dark horse because you don't know how, um, you don't know what uh, Zach Wilson is going to be going to be like. And right now, yes, he's got they. The Jets have weapons in the passing game and everything, but they have a very suspect running game. So this is an interesting stat, right? Okay. Josh Allen is the oldest quarterback AFC East. Yep, yep. Uh, it is insane. the. <laughs> it is That's the, so telling. Yeah, it is the first. I think the. Uh, I heard the stat. It was the stat of the day on WGR the other day. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the first time that. In forty-seven years, so I think nineteen seventy-three, um, is the uh, first time since nineteen seventy-three that a division has had all four starting quarterbacks age twenty-five or younger. So uh, I believe I believe it was the NFC. I believe it was the NFC West that they said it was the division in 1973. Um, yeah, I believe it was the West. It was. I believe it was the West. I, I can't remember, but yeah, it was. It they they said it was like it's been forty something like forty seven years. So, um, the very young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that Josh Allen is the elder statesman of the division throws my mind because it's like, dude, you're 25. 
That's so I just Googled uh, or wikied Zach Wilson's age. Yeah. Obviously, he's 22. He was born in 1999. That's... <laughs> I mean, I understand that these kids are like 22, but it's still eye-opening. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's weird because what's funny is like you, you get... And this is the thing is... Like you, you see these players, and you you start to like you. Be, they become your favorite players, and then you're like, "What year were you born?" Oh my god, I was graduating like seventh grade. I I was like starting high school when you were a bit when you came into the world. Yeah, and I mean, think about Tremaine Edmonds. He's still so young. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it feels like we've had him for like a while now. Um, yeah, they were talking about that because, um, th- this, the, the, uh, they were talking about that. Like, um, somebody called in who was a Patriots fan, which I laughed, at, which I found hilariously funny. Um, but yeah, uh, Edmonds is, Edmonds is only 23. He, he's, and they're talking about how he's younger. He's younger than some of the rookies that came into the league this year. Still. And he was drafted in 2018. So. Yep. yep. He's been with us for a good amount of time. He's yeah, no this rookie. This will be his fourth. It'll be his fourth season. So. That's insane. Yeah. Because it's because it's his fourth. Yeah, fourth season because they they drafted him the same year they drafted Josh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, people forget that. <laughs> yep. Like people forget, like they traded up, they traded up and drafted Josh Josh Allen. Yep. And then they traded up again to draft Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, two first round picks. Yeah. Yeah, like they, sixteen to overall. Yeah, they uh because they trade they traded up to get Allen at seven. What's up, Rob? Um, and then they traded up again to I think like mid. It was like high. It was like maybe high teens, low twenties mm-hmm. to draft to draft Edmonds because because Brandon Mead had like a ton of draft capita. So because they had all that because they had all the uh, they held they had all the draft capita from the year before. When they took, uh, when they when they traded back for, um, and ended up uh, trading back and ended up taking uh, Tredavious, so they had all that that extra draft capita. So, and he's already been in the two Pro Bowls. Go figure. Oh yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's crazy to see how well. This the roster has worked out, and the thing is, is it's got to a point. It's got to the thing um, where Buffalo is now a destination destination for people. Um, it's no longer. It's no longer like, oh yeah, it's get cold here, but whatever. Uh, but it's no longer a where it's like really Buffalo kind of like when Lashawn McCoy got traded here. Which was weird because he got traded for Kiko Alonso of all players. For Kiko Alonso of all players. So there's this 
phenomenon going right now yeah. where Bills fans will catch a person wearing Bills paraphernalia or like a Bills hat. Yeah. And they'll they'll say go Bills and then the person wearing the hat will look like confused. Oh, because <laughs> they're hopping on the bandwagon, <laughs> kind of like the 90s Bills. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've heard stories of people hopping in yeah. on the bandwagon. I, my okay. uh recent my recent uh travels, I ended up uh going to Chicago for the Bears Bears Bills game, preseason game. And granted, yes, it's Chicago, so you're going to have majority Bells, uh, Bears fans there. The fact that there were probably probably a good 10%, like 10% of the crowd was Bills fans, blew my mind. Like, it just, what whether they drove, whether they drove from like a surrounding area or they were actually in Chicago, it's just crazy going to another city with another NFL team and seeing and seeing like a good a good amount of like like the away teams fans it's it's definitely definitely crazy it was definitely uh, Rob who's a Bears fan like I would walk past the Bills fan they would see the shirt like they saw the 26 shirts uh the Lion King uh th- Bill Bill shirt that I had on and we, oh, there was yeah. just like a simple like nod type, like nod and smirk type, like acknowledgement that we were in foreign territory, but we were. Across the Board Sports is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Daily prop bets for all kinds of sports where thousands of dollars are up for grabs every single day. Want free money? Use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Download the free app in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, and don't forget, use the code ATB at sign up for a free $10. Across the Board Sports, unique sports coverage. Hey, one play at a time, huh? Play for each other, love y'all. Hey, enjoy it today. Control the emotion, it's gonna be live. But we're gonna make it even live. Here we go. Win on three, one, two, three! Baby, need some shoes. Let's go, boys. Game now. Game. Love you too. We got one goal that can win. You shoot, I shoot with you. Here we go. Win on three. One, two, three. The Bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the Bills are making it happen now. Buffalo's happening now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Across the Bills, episode two, week two, uh, week two, um, hashtag overreaction Monday. That's what that's what it's being called because overreaction Monday, uh, the Bills coming off a loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 23 to 16 in the home opener. And all of Bill's Mafia is losing their absolute shit. Oh, my God. It's like, cut this guy, release this guy. It's over. We're not doing anything this season. And it's one game. Not not a very good game, but it's one game nonetheless. So, uh, now, I don't know. I know that with 
CBS carrying the game nationally. I wasn't, uh, were you able to see it? Yeah, I was able to watch it. And the Patriots played um, Thursday. So later. Yeah, the pay or the Patriots played at four o'clock. So you, they played. Yeah, they played the Dolphins later. Yeah, so you guys so had that. It was on. You had that it luxury. Was, it was on. It was on local TV. Okay. Well, that, well, at least you got to watch the game instead of instead of trying to follow along through Twitter because trying to follow a Bills game through Twitter that's a challenge. It's a that's challenge. A challenge. <laughs> So, um, they, the, the, the thing is, is when the game started, the bills, the bills got the ball first and you had the kickoff return by Isaiah McKenzie, which was amazing. I, it was a 70, 75, uh, yard kickoff, like kickoff return. And okay. You're like, all right, cool great kickoff return. I was hoping you'd take it to the house because then that place would have lost mm-hmm. its absolute, it would have lost everything. They would have just went crazy. Um, but then the offense came out and the offense came out and they didn't really, they didn't do much. Uh, like I said, McKenzie had the 75 yard kickoff return. There was, uh, it was a short pass to Beasley, um, then a short pass to Stefan Diggs, which was sniffed out really quick, incomplete pass to, to Diggs, and then they basically had to settle for the field goal. So at that point, you're like, mm, all right. At that point, I was like, please don't tell me the game is going to go like this. Like, very inconsistent. That was very an omen. Very inconsistent. And then from on from there on out, it was defense the both sides of the defensive uh both sides defensively were just not allowing anything. Um there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven punts in a row. Uh and then there was the uh Fumble by Josh Allen and the TJ Watt sack, which I don't think Al, I don't think I don't real I don't think Allen realized TJ Watt had chased him back down and and got got behind him until it happened. Um, and then the Bills defense held, and then at that point the Bills had a very very typical Bills drive. They. 13 plays, five and a half, five and a half minutes on the five and a half minutes possession time. They drove 96 yards and got the touchdown pass from Allen to Gabriel Davis. And that's going in. And that was going into the half. So you're thinking, you're thinking, okay, good. All right. We got momentum. They're looking good. And at that point, it's a 10 nothing lead. Okay. Feeling comfortable, feeling good, thinking they got themselves together because it was a because t- it was a very good it was a very good drive it uh, it was a very good drive I think Josh Allen was because you had the runs uh, you had the runs by De- you had the runs by uh, Singletary you had 
some passes. Granted, there were a couple, there were one or two, uh, there was hold, another holding penalty on that, on the drive, but it wasn't anything that like killed the drive. And it looked like Josh Allen was finally, had finally settled down and was giving what the Pittsburgh Steelers defense was giving him. They weren't, they weren't allowing anything deep. They were dropping seven in man cut seven in the zone, like zone coverage, rushing three, maybe four at a time. And it was just one of the things of Allen. Allen even said in the press conference, he said he was a bit amped up, which believable. It was that outside of the 6,500 fans during the playoff games, like this was the first time that fans were in the stands and this was a full soul out seven 70,000 fans. So you're going to be amped up and that, but um, from your end, what, 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 what were your like takeaways from that first half? Um, I think overall there were those holding penalties was a killer. Um, there was a lot of miscommunication between the quarterback and receiver. Um, I also have to give Matt props as hard as it is to say to TJ Watt because he really, and this is the guy, he signed his four year $112 million contract extension, making him the NFL's top paid. Uh, defensive player and he's really playing for his contract because he had two sacks and a forced fumble during the game and yeah he just he just shut us out um he was an efficient pass rush and um it really was difficult to watch and you could definitely tell that Josh Allen needs to settle and we hope that going into week two he can um, uh, reacclimate that sort of thing yeah it it was it was one of those things um where I just when the things went right, they were going right. And when things were going wrong, uh, they were going wrong. And there was the one drive where they had three whole, three holding penalties, three holding penalties. And, and it was just like, come on guys. Like I understand. And you got it. You have to credit. You have to credit the Pittsburgh Steelers' uh, defensive Mike Tomlin and their coaching staff. They knew exactly what they were doing. They and it was it was crazy that they created that much pressure off rushing three, maybe four guys. And that what and the thing is is Dion is. Deion Dawkins said he was ready. He was in game shape and everything. Um, and it was an unfortunate situation. He missed all that time he did with with COVID. But mm-hmm. Melvin Ingram made Deion Dawkins look bad, like mm-hmm. bad. And 
Cameron Hayward, Cameron Hayward, pretty much it didn't matter who was in the middle middle of the offense line. Hayward was dictating the the movement of that line, and then you had T.J. Watt kind of not like lining up in the same spot. He like T.J. Watt was moving. T.J. Watt was uh, moving spots and looking to where where to go with the best with the be- with the best rush ability with the best rush path and it was not a very good game offense line um especially after last year last year the that offense line was so great very good in pass blocking it just it wasn't there that it was not there it was it was not there it was not there and it's unfortunate that it's unfortunate that the game did go the way that it did. And mm-hmm. for the for the most part, um for the most part, they they had the game, they they led majority of the game. They led majority of the game. Um Sean Sean McDermott, uh who during his press conference, uh he's he's he get he's like they he basically said he's like we didn't give ourselves a chance to win the game uh and he's right he's absolutely right and this is the thing is he, uh McDermott said the game usually comes down to a few plays a handful of plays here and there mm-hmm. and they all happened in a stretch of x amount of time, x amount of minutes and it felt like the momentum changed drastically um and he's right there was that five minutes like that five to 10 minute stretch in the beginning of the fourth quarter where everything, everything like flipped. Um, You had the defensive, you had the defensive, the the questionable defensive pass interference call on Levi Wallace. Then the, then the touchdown, Uh, then the bills ended up, then the, Bills go three and out, and the Steelers block the punt to return it for the touchdown. So within a ten, five to ten minute span, you had a fourteen point swing, where you were up ten three. Now you're now you're now you're down twenty to ten, and it was just it was it was unfortunate that it happened, but it was also it was it was the killer. It was the it was the killer that it was the killer of the game. And now, quote unquote, they you're not gonna be you're not gonna be facing that kind of pass rush again this season. And it's not like you're playing the Steelers every week. Um the no, next a lot. <laughs> yeah. The next the next uh the next big pass rush challenge that you'll see is week three against Washington because what uh, Washington is a very good, very, very good defensive uh, defensive line. They have a very good defensive line uh, headed, headed up by Chase Young. You, uh, you have Chase Young. I believe, I believe they're me. So you have Chase Young, you have Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, and you have Montez Sweat. And then, of course, uh, Matt Ioannidis, as, as well as their 
their backups. Like they have a very good, very good pass rush. Uh, you, I don't know what kind of pass rush you're going to be facing with Miami. Also, Josh Allen uh, resides in Miami. He owns the Dolphins, so there's that. <laughs> there is that. Um, it it's it's one of them things of the game. The game did not go. The game did not go the way that we may have wanted it to. Um, so now. We're going to move to our next segment, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, I do have a list. It, it, uh, the there's not a whole there's not a whole lot of good on there, um, but you have um, you have to give it up to De- uh, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary ran very well. He definitely established himself as the number one guy in the rushing attack. Um, he, he finished the game with 72 yards on 11 carries, uh, which was a 6.5 yards per carry average. Uh, he averaged, he also averaged nine point, uh, nine point nine point zero yards per carry in the second half rushing six times for 54 yards. Granted, a lot of that was kind of in garbage time when he had those uh, back-to-back really good runs. Uh, Dawson Knox also, uh, he's been criticized heavily for the last two years due to drop passes. Uh, mm-hmm. Did not drop. Did not drop a pass yesterday. All uh, all four of his targets that he had uh, totaled forty-one yards. And including a very a very good tough grab uh, over the middle of the field, and that, um, and of course the 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 touchdown throw Josh Allen had. Uh, those are the kind of throws that you saw last year with Josh Allen, where he looked poised, he made he made the right read, and he put the ball he put the ball in the spot that it needed to be in to only where only where his his receiver was able to catch it there was no there there was no chance for the defender to knock it down or intercept it or get in front of it it was just um Allen, it was kind of one of them one of those uh Josh Allen predict predict throws cuz he threw the ball before Gabriel Davis even broke out of his route and Gabriel Davis broke like broke out of his route and it was just there. Um also the 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 job on the tight ends. Um of course the Pittsburgh Steelers tight ends, Eric Ebron, the rookie, uh Jacob Fryer Booth. Uh last year we we know the we know the terror that was tight ends on this Bills defense. Uh they they held the Steelers tight ends very quiet. They uh, Steelers tight ends only had three catches for forty one yards, and then of course the the first half defense. The first half defense was amazing. The uh, they held the Steelers to fifty three total yards offensively. They were they uh, Steelers were only one of six on third down. 
and were completely shut out of shut out of the scoring. But then you get into the negatives, and that's where the play calling. <laughs> Like the play, like I, the play calling was very suspect. Um, there was the uh, the two fourth downs that were like in around midfield um, were very were kind of were kind of like questionable because uh, Josh Allen was trying to. F- get Sean Mer- Sean McDermott to go for it and McDermott wasn't having it. Um there was there was one uh it was in the fourth quarter um I be- where Josh threw into like triple coverage to Gabriel Davis. Uh I think Josh Allen thought the Steelers were offside so he kind of had a free play freaking take thought maybe take a shot. Um as you as you mentioned earlier, the offensive line. The offensive line was just terrible. The offensive line was really bad. Uh, they yeah. gave up. They gave up a total of three sacks, allowed uh, eight quarterback pressures, and then also got the five holding penalties. Um, and Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace did not do well yesterday at all. Another uh, CB two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. He he won the he won the CB two battle versus Dane Jackson, and was, I'm a Dane Jackson fan. You know me. Yeah, you yeah, I, me. Uh, yeah. Um, he he got the he got the he got the start over Dane Jackson, and Ben Roethlisberger picked on him um, immensely mm-hmm. all day. Um, there were uh, there was like I that I referenced earlier, the questionable pass interference. Uh, granted, he was there on coverage on the Deontay Johnson touchdown, but uh, tipped and he uh, Wallace got his hand on the ball. He tipped it, but then Deontay Johnson made a that uh, made a big a big play with, ca- with catching it. And then there was the holding call in the fourth quarter, um, the uh, God, the it was what was bad is the the what was bad is the penalties, and I don't think the penal the penalties didn't help. The penalties didn't allow them to get momentum or kind of create a flow. And then the second second half defense, the second half. Uh, Steelers gained 199 yards and they were three of six on uh, third downs and then also scored on all four of their possessions uh, until the final uh, meal of the game. Uh, and also what led to, what led to a lot of the downfall for the second half of the defense was the Steelers big plays. The Steelers had four plays of it at minimum of 22 yards as well as six plays of 18 yards it was um very very bad very mit and very uh opposite because the bills only had two plays that were 16 yards or more on offense as well um and then of course 
you you get the you get the uh you you go into the the big issue with the scoring and that was squandering good field position um the bills had three separate drives uh in the first half 20 Steelers 24 their own 37 and then the Steelers 35 and they ended up with two two field goals and a punt um they also were in the red zone four different times and only scored one touchdown and two field goals, one touchdown for a percentage of 25%. That's not going to cut it, uh, especially in this league. Yeah, if, if some of the games, yet if some of the games yesterday proved anything, you need to score touchdowns because there's a lot of teams out, out in this league right now that can put up points. Um, Cleveland, Kansas city, Arizona, Los Angeles, like Houston of all teams. Like, so yeah. there's teams that can put up points. And now that, and based on games yesterday, games that we have on our schedule that might have seemed like, okay, that's, it's going to be, it's going to be a win are now could be question could be questioned now. They could easily, they easily can be questioned now. So that's, that's my, that's my good, bad, and the ugly from the game. Um, what did you, did you have anything? Um, I was just going to add again, trying to find small silver linings here because there yeah. was a lot of ugly and bad. Um, but like you said, uh, field goals aren't going to cut it. But Tyler Bass was perfect on all three of his field goals, and he had four touchbacks on kickoffs. But, that, again, that's not going to cut it. Field goals aren't going to win you football games. So, yeah. And then I was going to add uh, Allen admitted there was a missed opportunity with missing – um, Emmanuel Sanders on the deep throw. Obviously, that's one he regrets. He walked back. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a sh- shame to see. And I, I, I'm looking for a kind of a established connection to Sanders. I know he's new to the team, so they're, tr- they're probably trying to find the right chemistry. But, yeah, that was a shame to see. That sort of thing. Yeah, it, it's it's one of it's one of the things of if Josh connects on that throw to Sanders, that's a touch, that's a walk-in touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. If if they make a little bit better play calling, play calling um, in the red zone, they they you you easily can score. You easily have twenty-eight points right there. It, it's one of them. It's one of the things of it's just cleaning things up and change and changing changing things. Um, so uh, it's gonna be it's going to be interesting um, to see what happens, um, especially especially in practice yeah. practice this week. Uh, what changes they make what adjustments they make. And then of course, uh, 
Right now, they go it. They they are zero and one. They are behind the eight ball in the division in the conference right now. Um. So, right now, let me see. So, um, after after week one, uh, we're gonna get into, of course, previewing the week two matchup uh, against the Miami Dolphins. Um, Nut, uh, Ben Rolf of Pro Football Network, uh, has the Dolphins winning 24 23. Uh, he writes, mm-hmm. None of the AFC East sides look convincing in week one, but what we do know is if they play tough opponents or just played poor, uh, played poorly, the Dolphins forced a late quarter turnover against the Patriots while Black Punt beat the Bills. The gate. The game will lay down a marker for the division, and it's in Miami. The Dolphins may not have a better opportunity all season to take a two-game lead over the Bills. The heat immunity of Miami could be the downfall. Interesting. Uh, I never, I have never heard that. Like yeah. heat immunity, getting to like some of these guys have played in the heat in college, so I don't understand yeah, that, that one. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just. It, it, um, all right. Uh, sports Nault, uh, Matt Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, writes while, while neither of these teams made huge additions in the off season, we can't get week 17 out of our mind. Buffalo cooked the dolphins with, without even really trying. We are certainly, we certainly expect the met this matchup to be a lot closer, but Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are just too good. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, the 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 main the main difference uh that the bills will see in Miami versus uh versus what they saw in Pittsburgh is a lot more man to man coverage uh your so Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis Dawson Knox, they're uh they're gonna have a lot more opportunity to get open, um, find holes in the defense because Miami does play that. Miami does play that like man that uh man def- that man defense. They that four three like that four three cover two cover two man defense. So Buffalo's gonna have a lot more opportunity offensively. Uh, hopefully the offensive line figures their nonsense out, but you, you can't, you can't deny the fact that in the matchups that Josh Allen has had with the dolphins lately, he's the offensive played really well. So honestly, I, I, I think the bills get guilt, get back on the winning, get back in the win column. They, they pick up the win. Um, it, I'm not going to go big and say they're going to blow them out or anything. Honestly, if the Bills can put up 28 and get four four touchdowns, say Josh Allen throws four four TDs, maybe or three TDs, and there's a rushing TD from like Singletary, um, I, I, I'll I'll be happy. I'll be happy if they can put up 28 points and the defense can play like they did in the first half versus Pittsburgh. 
I will I will be immensely happy with it. Um give me 28, give me a 28-14 win. That's it. Like 28-14, and I'll be good. I'll be happy with it. What 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 are you looking? What about what about you? What what are you looking for as far as preview week two? I, I well, I'm actually going to the game. Yes. I mean, we talked about this before. Yes. So I'll be in Independence and I'll be on the visitors uh, sideline with. I guess the way the stadium is structured, one half is like shaded for the home team, and then the other half isn't. So oh no! We bought premium seats with the air conditioning unit because it's going to be hot as F out. So, um, yeah, no. Um, but I'm hoping for a really good game. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, like I'm hoping that those win like 27, 21. That I'm 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 going in the twenty range. Yeah, that, that's um, that's what I was that like if I if I can if they can put up twenty eight points I'll be happy. Yeah. Um. But it'll be interesting to see how many Bills fans will be there. Like you were saying before, there were a lot of Bills fans when you went to. Uh, just a Chicago preseason game. Yeah. Um, this is actually going to be my first road game. I've never been to a, a Bills road game. Ooh. I've only been to Bills home games, of course. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see how many people Bills Mafia shows up. Yeah. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's going to be... It's gonna be it's gonna be one of them games that are, um, it's gonna be one of them games that are definitely, definitely interesting. People are like you're gonna be watching, and it's gonna be fun. Hopefully, hopefully you are not in the sun all day. Um, but I'll wear but, my hat. Yeah, wear wear a hat. Have some sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, it's nice that they offer seats with air conditioning. That's, that's yeah. That's fancy. But uh, well, well needed because Miami hot. So, um, but that's going to, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we are covered. We will be back. Uh, we'll be back next week potentially. Question mark. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Because uh, like at, like uh, my esteemed co-host said, she will be at the game, so she will be flying back. To her, uh, back to her home on uh, up in up in uh, Boston uh, Monday afternoon uh, to see how the how the flight is, how the jet lag is. Uh, so we might be back next week. If not, we'll we'll make an announcement. We'll follow follow the social medias. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Ganchise eighty uh, three. She is at Steffi Tweets. And Twitter, and of course, you can follow the show uh, across Bills on Twitter as well. And drop a follow, drop a uh, drop a follow. Let us know you're listening. Tune in. And until then, be safe, be kind, be healthy. 
and we'll see you on the flip side.